we all have this potential buried inside of us, right? That's that gift. That's that unique ability. It's buried inside of us, right? And if we choose to like bring it out, that's where we're living into who we're supposed to be. And I tell people, this is this is what gives me my, I guess, my energy and my like will to persist is that I I don't want, I don't want to die, right? And be living in, I mean, be laying in my coffin and say, you're giving my eulogy. And you said, man, Rob left us way too soon. He had so much potential left inside. If I hear those words, I swear to you, I'm getting up. I'm getting climbing out of my casket. I'm going to go up on that altar and I'm going to strangle that person because I want to be out of gas. I want to be out of gas. I, and I want everybody to be out of gas when their life is up. Are you looking for true personal freedom? The freedom to design the life you truly desire, then you're absolutely in the right place. True personal freedom comes from when you take 100% responsibility and control of your money and your mind. Here, you're going to learn ideas, tips, and wisdom that's going to help you bridge the gap from where you are now to your dream life in the future. My name is Randy Wilson, and welcome to the Rich Mind Podcast. everyone welcome back to the rich mind podcast and today coming to you with i've been looking forward to this conversation ever since he was willing and jumped on the calendar to join me today and i'm super excited to bring this guest to you in this episode i've got rob kamadari and rob and i met it's been just a few months ago maybe six months ago maybe earlier this year probably back but in may this, yeah back in may but at the same time his impact on me when we met and then following him ever since has been super impactful for me. I know this conversation is going to be a lot of fun. But with, so without further ado, let me let me give you a few of the highlights of, of Rob and uh, what we're going to be bringing to you here in this conversation. So Rob is from Baltimore, Maryland. He's a realtor there in Baltimore. He's also a best-selling author, and we're going to talk about his book, Better Than You Think, and he's also been a co-collaborator in a book as well. So he's a best-selling author. He's an inspiring speaker. He presented to us a, a, a speech in this meeting that we met back in May that was super impact, impactful, and I hope that we can get into that a little bit as well. And he's also a fellow podcaster. Uh, his podcast is called Chiseled, and we're going to talk about Chiseled uh, as we get along in this episode today. But I'm super excited to bring Rob on and have him share with him, share with you, the listener, nuggets of wisdom that he's learned in his, in his experience but then also what he's trying to share with his community and everyone else around him. So, Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you, Randy. It's been a pleasure to have met you uh, back in May and uh, get to chat with you a little bit. And I'm excited to I'm excited to, to be on here as well. And thank you for the privilege of uh, allowing me to, to talk to you today. So you said May, and I, it feels like it's been a lot longer than that for me. I don't know why, but yeah, when we first met, uh, it was in a hotel room, right, getting ready for an event the following day. Just a connection, right? We just. The energy you bring to a room is just infectious, to be quite honest with you. It was just as soon as you showed up, it was just so cool. It was one of those things that I just knew that I needed to get to know you at a higher level, which we did. And we've had the opportunity to get to know each other, which is why I'm also excited to share your message with as many people as we possibly can here on the podcast. So take a few minutes. I kind of did a few little high level bullet points as far as kind of where you are and where you're from. But take a couple of minutes and share with everybody kind of where you're at a little bit more about Rob. Uh, that way they get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, thank you, God. I appreciate your kind words too, Randy. It, it means a lot. And thank you for taking the time to read the book too. So anyway, yeah, I'm Baltimore, Maryland, as Randy said. I'm one of seven kids. We actually grew up in a 745 square foot house in Northeast Baltimore, Maryland, and two bedrooms, by the way, and one bathroom. So there was constant struggle just to get to the bathroom, right? Anyway, so I grew up in that environment, uh, didn't have a lot going on as far as financially. My dad was working three jobs and uh, I started working when I was 11 years old. I paid my way through Catholic high school. I paid my way through college. You know, I, had, I did have a partial uh, baseball scholarship to Florida Atlantic University. And again, I, but I paid the rest of the way and I worked while I was in college. So I've been, been hustling all my life. And I, I love the fact that I can go back and say that because I, I don't regret that for a minute. If I had to do it again, I, I would do it all over again because I think that's how you learn and grow and become, you just become more, uh, I guess, responsible or accountable for your own actions. And uh, so I got into real estate. Um, well, let me say this. After I graduated from college at FAU in 1990, I went and took a, a job as a 
penny stockbroker in Palm Beach, North Palm Beach, Florida. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but if, if anybody's ever watched the movie um, Boiler Room, you'd have a good idea what it was all about. So uh, I stuck that out for about six months, and when I realized it wasn't really what, it's, what it could be or supposed to be, it wasn't really morally correct or appropriate. Anyway, but what happened in that environment is one of the things that really changed the trajectory of my whole life, because while I was there, I would get there early in the morning, and I got there one morning. I was the first one in, but the guy next to me in the cubicle next to me, he had a book on his desk and it was called the greatest salesman in the world. And I'm like, I've never sold a thing in my life. And I, I asked him when he got in that morning, can I take that book home and read it? And he said, sure. So I went, took that book home. I devoured it. The next day I went to Barnes and Nobles and bought every one of Ogmandino's books that were written at that point, read all them. And since then I've, I've probably read a thousand books, Randy, and it's been an awesome ride there. And so I left the stock brokerage thing. I came home to Baltimore had I got involved in a, in a real estate, I mean, not in real estate, in a newspaper business that lasted for nine years. But while I was in the newspaper business, I was in an area of town that was transforming. And it was amazing. I was watching the formstone come down, new brick, point of brick go up, boarded windows come out, or at the board, the wood coming out of the boarded window, new windows going in, new doors. I was watching all these res- renovations going on. And I watched the transformation of this section of town in Baltimore. And that's what got me inv- interested in real estate. And um, so I'm, I'm still a realtor 23 years later, but uh, after reading all those books, I wrote my book. I, I co-collaborated with Kyle Wilson and his book and uh, the podcast thing came about. It's, it's been it's been awesome. It's been awesome to just, you know, just watch things come and, and just put yourself out there and do things. So what I'm super excited about is I. I've studied you right? Preparing for this interview to the point where I, I'm excited about being able to have the opportunity to dig in a little bit to a lot of that story, right? So I know there's a lot of nuances and different stories within that big shell of, of your life up to this point. I'm super excited <laughs> to dive in as much as I possibly can. You're probably gonna, you might be thinking that that sounds like a little weird, but at the same time, yeah, I try to prep as much as I can, learn as much about you before we even jump on and hit record. But yeah, so the listeners here today, they're going to get a ton of value. And I'm super excited about that because you always I appreciate it. buddy. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's jump into three questions, because as I mentioned, I, I have other things and other thoughts in my mind. But my guess, I love to run them through these three questions. It helps me helps me get to know you a little bit better. Right. But then I think it also gives a little bit color to the uh, and texture to the the conversation, learning more about you. Right. And so that's that's where I love these three questions or where they come from. So let's start off with the first one. And who has been the biggest influence on your life, Rob? Yeah, I mean, there's a group. I can't just say one one person, but the, the first and foremost, God and, and, and Christ, man. It's you know getting to build that relationship with Him. And growing up as a kid, I didn't have a relationship, so to speak. I, I went to church because I had to. My mom told me to, uh, and I practiced the, the you know the, all the religion stuff because I had to, not because I wanted to. But it was interesting. Once I got involved in the personal growth and development, all these guys quote scripture, and I'm like, I'm gonna see if it's true. They quote it, but is it real? And I would start reading personal growth and development books, and next thing you know, there's a scripture quote there, and I go to the Bible and I open up, and I there it is. So it got me reading the Bible more. So they went from feeling like I had to, I was told to, that I wanted to. So you know, I, that, that's number one. But then my wife, my family, my parents. And then I, I got to say, you know, the big deal is all the, all the authors of all the books I've read over the years have just had a huge impact. And the first one was Ogmandino. He's the first book I read outside of the Bible uh, that got me on this course. So a lot of folks might not even be familiar with Ogmandino. Can you go into, uh, it sounds like you've obviously devoured a lot of his books. I've read a few. I can't say I've probably read all of them, but at the same time, I'm a little bit familiar with Og. Can you take a minute for those that might not even be familiar with Ogmandino, kind of what his story was, what he was trying to present, obviously to you, the, the reader that obviously impacted your life in such a huge way. Is there anything you can share about Og? Yeah, well, the first book, The Greatest Salesman in the World, he's got 10 scrolls in the book. So I, I does a great job of, I want to say, tell fabulistic stories, but they're about him. They're about his life. And here's a guy that was a highly successful insurance salesman, but it wasn't his passion. And when he realized that, he wanted to write. And he actually walked away from the insurance business and committed to his passion. And it was a struggle at first. It was a, it was a struggle. And when he eventually committed to his writing and the stories started putting out, 
things things started turning around from going going great in a really good way. Now there was a time where he talks about while he was an insurance agent that he was he was I think if I remember correctly he was he drank a lot and I don't know if he was a self proclaimed alcoholic or not but he was he almost killed himself. He was at a low point in his life where he was about to commit suicide and then things change for him. And you got to read like one of the books he talks about is it talks about his life and is the choice. And it's, it's, it's a great book. I, well, the greatest salesman in the world will always be like my favorite because it was the first one, but the choice is a really good book by Ogmandino. So, and then he just has these 10 scrolls that in this book, but he's got different messages in, in, in all the books that kind of come to the same you know conclusion. Uh, but, but they're scrolls or words or phrases to live by. And it's been powerful for me. That's awesome. So Og Mandino, for those of those of you that are listening that are like have never heard even that name or are not familiar, it's OG. Mandino is his last name. I'm not even gonna try to spell it. <laughs> I don't have a book in front of me or anything like that. I don't want to butcher it that bad. But yeah, literally Og Mandino. So yeah, I've I'm familiar with, with his work and it's it's very powerful. So yeah, I would suggest that anybody looking for inspiration with sales, with a business, with anything, yeah, go out there and search for uh, Og Mandino out there in their local library or even on Amazon, something like that for sure. Yeah, Randy, they're stories too. They're stories. It's not like like we were talking about before the call. It's not just a bunch of philosophy or con- uh, or content. It's it's actually stories that grab you and you you like they're page turners. You don't want to put the book down. So that's that's what's really drew me to him. And we're gonna plug the book again. That's exactly what we did say before we jumped on the call today. Is that that's what I love about your book, Rob? Is that you you gave us the philosophy, you gave us all the nuggets of wisdom, but then you backed it up with story which is what really brought it home for me with a lot of the stories that you shared. So I appreciate that. I wanted to just say that because that's, you could tell that was an influence with your writing, right? Because you were influenced by the way that gentleman shared his stories for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's talk about then kind of a shift into maybe more of a challenging moment for yourself. Let's think about uh, you. I'm familiar as I did, as I said, when I've done a little bit of homework on you. So I'm familiar with a couple of things you've said, you've said in the, uh, in previous episodes or previous podcast things. I'm just curious what you're going to bring to us here today. So can you think of your biggest challenge and what have you learned from that? Yeah, this is, I don't know what kind of answer you've got from other people, but uh, cause I actually got to start pl- pl- plugging in. And listen no, to something. Yeah, this is a, yeah, exactly. Well, I have had answers from other people, but yeah, I, I, I was, yeah, the answers that you've given, I've, I've heard you give different things as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious if it's going to be similar or if it's going to be totally different. Yeah. So, so my biggest challenge has been me. It, it's me. And it's the, 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 whether it's the mental blocks or the insecurity or the low self-esteem at points in my life where you don't think you're good enough, smart enough, or anyone's going to listen to anything you have to say. And that was one of the biggest obstacles in me putting that putting that book out or writing the book because it was an idea that took 14 years to, I guess, manifest itself because I was so insecure about it. I, I worried about what other people thought. I didn't think I was smart enough. And, and you know, the, the idea of getting over the fear and worrying about what other people are going to think about you, it's just, it's silly to think about, but we all do it. We all do it to some degree. And when, when when we get through that or over that, then things open up. And I can sit there and tell you, I still struggle with it from time to time. They call it the uh, the imposter syndrome, right? So my biggest challenge has been me and lack of courage to take, to put yourself out there sometimes or to make a commitment. And it's funny when you do things, even though you're afraid of it or you have this fear going on and they work out, you're like, what was I waiting for? And, um, I mean, how many times have you said it or you've heard people say, I wish I would have done this sooner. I can't believe I waited this long to do this. Uh, if I'd have known it was going to work out like this, I would have done it a heck of a long time ago. It's, it's, but if you just do it, then things happen the way they're supposed to happen. So do you have a, I struggle with that myself. I think we all do in certain levels, right? Sometimes it's, it could be, uh, so, so tough that you don't take any action at all. And sometimes you just don't take as quick of action as maybe you probably should. Is there anything that you've discovered through your journey of personal development and even the, the authors, you said you've read over thousands of books, anything you've picked up on that when you get an idea, when you get a vision of, like this book, you said it took you 14 years, what finally kicked you in the pants to say, okay, Rob, it's time to get started. Is there anything you kind of do? Is there anybody that you kind of rely on to help you see the potential for the outcome and get you started a little sooner than maybe you really would have on your own? Yeah. So it's, it's funny uh, you asked that question because 
you're going to hear probably you're going to hear a theme, consistent theme, and, and when I talk about, it, but I, I rely heavily on the Holy Spirit, and and I say that because you know, when you heard me speak in Texas, and I talk about that voice that's speaking to you, right? And what is that voice? Some call it a higher power, some kind of God, the universe, Holy Spirit, whatever you choose to call it. But that voice is always speaking to you. And I think the key and the trick is to know when it's speaking to you. Like, how do you really know when that voice is talking to you? And over the years, I think I've, I can't say I've perfected it, but I think I, I got a pretty darn good idea when the Holy Spirit is talking to me. And then it's like, you, you know, it's, it's just go, just do it. Right. And I, I, that, that was talking to me in 2001 about writing a book. And I was like, nah, that ain't happening. I'm not writing a book. This guy's inner city kid, you know, not much of a, you know, scholastic upbringing. If you, I was, I was just, I was an average student. I'm like who might think I'm going to write a book? I hated English and I hated writing, <laughs> but, uh, but it's like, if, if it's, it's the Holy spirit, I rely on. That's what it is. So it's the tapping into that and allowing it to speak to you in a way that uh, that pulls you in a direction without the the way I put it is like the ego, right? Your ego is saying, nah, you can't do that or nah, you shouldn't do that or whatever, right? But then be able to separate the two and understand that those messages, those internal guidance system, I guess maybe, is pointing you in a direction that if you can just literally just listen, sit with it, even if it's a little uncomfortable, and then just step into it with some faith, right? Everybody talks about having faith, being faithful, all those kinds of things. But if you don't step into it with the belief and the faith that things are going to work out, it makes it very difficult. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, have you ever had a time where like, let's just use a book, for instance, and maybe this didn't happen to you or hasn't happened to you, but like you walk, maybe you're in a bookstore or somebody's house and you see a book and it just resonates with you. And you're like, uh, you keep walking, right? And like, I, like I've done this in bookstores. Like sometimes I go to Barnes and Nobles and, and there's, they got this shelf, the stand with a bunch of books out there. And I'll be walking by and boom, a title stands out to me like, nah, that's, I'm not supposed to read that. And then I'm like, I look back and I'm like, maybe I'm supposed to read that. And then, then I read it. And I mean, I can, I can give you example over after example of how I recognize it. Now, we all may recognize it, feel it or hear it in different ways. I know when I, when I know for me personally, I know when the Holy Spirit's talking to me. I do. Well, you mentioned it very early in the book. And it's actually in the, in the subtitle as far as awareness, right? It's really an awareness that it's there or even that it could be coming to you at any moment, right? Like you said, you can hear it, see it, feel it in different ways. But if you're not even trying to be aware that it's coming into your life, that's where the challenges, I believe, really come in. That if people would really kind of just sit with it, whether it's journaling, you talk about journaling a lot. I do the same thing. I journal every day to the point where it, it just helps me get those monkey mind thoughts out on paper to get a little bit, you know, a little bit more clarity. Uh, my story is very similar. I went to the library, found a book, and the book literally jumped off the shelf at me. It's like, read me, read me. And had <laughs> I not read that book, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. I'm super confident of even knowing that. So yeah, wow. I just love you sharing that that part of your story or part how that works for you because that's been my experience as well. Can I ask you what book that was for you? Yeah, it's actually on the top shelf. Of what we're, we're on the video here. It's actually Retire Rich, Retire Young. It's by Robert okay. Kiyosaki. I yeah. was in a challenging turmoil with a job, and I was just like, okay, this there's got to be more to life than grinding, working retail. I was working really hard, and I really wasn't necessarily getting much traction in my life. Went to the library and personal finance section because I couldn't think of anywhere else to go because, like you said, I'm not, a, I'm not a scholar. I'm not a... I'm not necessarily even a reader. I'm not a very good writer. Anyway, school and I were not best friends. But yeah, so that book jumped off the shelf at me. But that book led me to so many different things, led me to, and I've got it over here on, on the shelf as well, uh, Lead the Field by Earl Nightingale was inside of that book, yeah. which led me to Jim Rohn, which led me to Augmandino, which led me then to us being in a room together in May. You see what I'm saying? It's like when you look backwards, it's amazing where if you just allow those things to come to you and take some action, I had to take the book home and read it. <laughs> I had to find the audio program. This is actually still the original box up on my shelf of when I wow. bought it. That's cool. Back probably 15 years ago that I guess I'm trying to just hammer home your idea that you've got to have the feeling, have the thought, have the awareness, which is the word you used in your book that I think is super key when it comes to discovering these things in your life. Yeah. And you mentioned the word awareness there, Randy. And thanks for sharing your story too. Uh, it's like, I think that like, how, like how, what's the trick to 
understanding that the Holy Spirit or high power or whatever or voice is talking to you. And I think one of the best thing you talked about journal is one journaling is one thing, but then like I, I like the whole idea. People call it meditation, getting quiet, contemplating. And and there's things like when we're able to, to quiet our minds because we got 50, 60, 70,000 thoughts going through our brain every day. It depends you know, who you listen to or what you're reading. It tells you how many thoughts are going through your mind, but let's just say it's a heck of a lot, tens of thousands. And like, how do you, how do you like really focus and, and get rid of the, the extra noise and focus on the one thing and you get quiet. And the more we're able to get quiet and really get quiet and, you know, put off those distractions, the more we're able to receive. So it's like, we got these kinked wires in our head and then when we get quiet, the wires straighten out and we're, we're able to receive because there's no distraction kink in the wires, if that makes sense. It, it does to me because I've experienced that myself. So hopefully the listener can kind of hear that. You put the visual with the wires and all kind of thing. That's exactly been my experience as well is when you can, it's not easy. I've always said that this doing this is like some of the hardest work I've ever done literally in my life. But if you really take it per, you know, Take it personal, take it responsibility for it, and really try to control those 70, 80, 100,000 thoughts, whatever we're having in a single day. I'm not saying you can control everyone, but you can start to almost like compartmentalize them in a certain way that allows you then to realize, like you said, what's coming in, trying to pull you in a certain direction versus what's just keeping you occupied with thoughts that may or may not be serving you. Exactly. That's my experience. Yeah, yeah good. Awesome. Good stuff. Yeah, appreciate that, man. Appreciate you going there. So let's move into the, the third question. And this is, I love this question for myself. I love getting this answered from other folks. But here on the Rich Mind Podcast, I'm super passionate about giving back to that younger generation. Those guys and gals that are just really starting to come into their own may or may not have much as far as, a, you know, even a resume of life, not even just the jobs, but just life, right? They're trying to figure some things out. But we, and I, and I say we collectively, those of us that have been around a little while, I'm not going to say any ages, but at the same time, right, those of us that have been through a few uh, ups and downs in our life, I just like to try to pull out some nuggets of wisdom. So if you could go back to your 20-ish year old self, Rob, and, and have a conversation with yourself, what is something you wish you would have known then that obviously you've discovered as you've progressed in life? Is there anything that you can think of? Yeah, you know, when, when you ask that question, it's interesting. I think about I got a 24-year-old son and a, I got a 39-year-old daughter. Talk about aging, right? Uh, and I have a 21-year-old daughter. And I'm like, I'm thinking about how I, how do I talk to them? How do I coach them? And I tell them, I tell them sometimes, and, and, and I swear I think this, this is people do this and they might not even realize they're doing it. Like I'm coaching her to do things. Sometimes I'll say that, I'll say, Amanda, I'm actually talking to myself at the same time I'm talking to you. And, and, and sometimes we're, we're too proud to admit that. And I'll tell her, I said, I'll, I struggle with some of the same things that I'm coaching you on. And I just wish I was more, I had somebody in my ear when I was your age. Right. And so some of those things are like, put it out there, put it out there. If you got something going on in your mind, you think it's inspirational, it's good. Put it out there. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there, which brings to the next thing. Don't worry about what other people think. Right. Don't worry. And, and I struggle with that immensely, immensely. Right. Because we all want to be accepted. We all want to be cool or we want to be in the group. And we're afraid that, that if we do things that people think are crazy or goofy or out there, we're not going to be accepted. But so you know, don't be afraid to fail. You know, failure is the quickest way to success. So if, if you're standing on the sidelines watching the game, you're you're really you're not getting anywhere just watching the game. You got to be in the game, right? Yeah. Uh, what's the uh, the poem? I forget the poem. Uh, the man in the arena. The man in the arena. Such a profound poem uh, that just blows my mind. It's like you, you got to get in the game. It's uh, you know pity the pity the man who's sitting in the stands and watching the game and criticizing everybody because he's afraid to get in the game. And so there's some of the things I would say and and. Read. I, I, I mean, I know they got the audio books now. And that's another big thing. Get this personal growth and development. Get it in your head. Get it in your heart. And, and I do believe it starts with the Bible because I, it's funny. I talk about this stuff sometimes and people say, what about the Bible? What about the Bible? The Bible's there. I read. I do read scripture. I read it every day. And, and I do believe personal growth and development comes from there. I mean, you read read the Acts of, of the Apostles, read all the letters of St. Paul, and it's a lot of personal growth and development in there. So um yeah, those are some things I would suggest. I don't. I can keep going, but that's those are some of the main points I would hit on. So yeah, I'm sure we're going to cover more of those as we go along. But those were yeah, those were like mic drop moments right there. That was good stuff because that's the whole point, right? Is that 
you're just trying to collect ideas, collect stepping into it. It's like we covered that on the on what we were talking about just a few minutes ago as far as stepping into it, getting in the game, right? Not being afraid of an outcome that may or may not be true, right? It's your imagination determining this potential outcome that is potentially negative when you can actually flip that and potentially it can be a positive outcome. It's just a shift in your mindset, which I think is where the personal development comes in, right? When you start filling your mind with different ideas, different philosophies, different folks like you, Rob, that can really pour into somebody some wisdom, some things, some nuggets of ideas that can really just propel someone to the next level. That's, I think, where it comes from. So if it comes from the Bible, if it comes from a book from Og Magneto, if it comes from your book, right, better than you think, that's what it's all about. And when you step into that and take action, that's where you're going to start seeing some positive results. Yeah, it's 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 just it's like take action is the key. Take action, take action, take action, and don't be afraid to take the action. And again, there, there's moments even today I still struggle with it. But it's like instead of waiting 14 years, like I did the right book, I'm like wait, wait a day or two, a week or an hour. But I know what that there's going to be. Like, let me go back one thing and say, because you talk about good experiences and bad experiences, right? And I asked the question, are there really any bad experiences? You could say in the moment they're bad, but if you can learn from a, a perceived bad experience, then it becomes a good experience. It's like a whole counterintuitive thought process that we fail to think about or consider. Like something simple, right? Something simple in my real estate business. If I fail to secure a listing, or I'll say earn somebody's trust in the business. I call like I'll call them up if they just leave me a message or whatever, I'll, or they call me up on the phone with them. I'll ask them, "What could I've done differently to earn your trust?" And in saying that, you open yourself up because they're going to come at arrows, coming at bang, you know, <laughs> pin, this, pin this up against the wall, right? And 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 you got to be able with humility take that, right? And learn from it. Yeah, I didn't get the listing, which is a bad experience per se, right? Financially speaking, if you will. But what did I learn that I could apply to the next 10, 15, 100 listings that's going to make me a hell of a lot more money than I lost by not getting that listing? That's just a simple example. Love it. Love it. So that's where these stories that you share are so impactful because they're just so, I mean, we can all resonate with that idea, right? And then start trying to put some of those thoughts and ideas in our own life. So that's that's super cool. So let's pivot a little bit into this. Let's talk about your real estate. So one area in your real estate business that I really want to hone in on, because I think this could be super impactful for folks that are listening today, is the word that came to my mind is discipline. When you started out 23 years ago, you made a dedicated decision. It wasn't a wish. It wasn't a hope. It wasn't a, a you know a fairy tale dream. It was a decision that you were going to be disciplined to do certain activities every day to build up these basically relationship capital that has obviously paid you over and over and over throughout these years. I think you know kind of where I'm going with as far as in that story. Can you talk about this discipline that you've, you've uh, acquired and that you stick to religiously even uh, th through today as far as today, I know? Today, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So, and talk to me about that. Yeah, so in my first year in the business, I, you know, I, I was always on the pressure you have to spend money to make money. And so my uh, my <laughs> – my first year of business, I grossed $41,000. I had another job at the time too, but I grossed $41,000 and I net it one. Right. <laughs> so I figured I walked into an office one day and there was a flyer there that says, learn how to do business by referral. And this guy's name is Brian Buffini. So I, I went to one of his seminars. I started getting coached by him and his company. And I've been in that coaching program in my 21st year right now that and so it's just a simple, it's a simple, it's simple to do, simple not to do, right? It's, and it's about discipline, as you mentioned. And so people think like discipline is a negative, has a negative connotation to it. Like I'm going to discipline you, or if you discipline, you're, if you're disciplined, you're restricted, right? You're stuck in a square or circle, whatever it is. But discipline frees you later. It might not feel free in the moment, but it frees you later. And so I have a daily discipline, which I learned through the process of this coaching program, is to, I, I, there's, I guess, four things that I do consistently. I write notes every single day, hand, handwritten personal notes. Can't say I have the neatest handwriting in the world, um, but I handwritten personal notes and I make phone calls every day. So I try to make 16 phone calls a day and write eight personal notes every day. So you're taking your most precious commodity and you're investing in relationships, your commodity being time and you're investing in those relationships. And then like I stop by and I see people 
on a monthly basis. I won't see the same people, but I see people in my database on a monthly basis. It's called, we call it a Popeye. So I'm going to pop by and say hello to you. And I do that consistently. And I always bring something with me. So the corniest and the first one I ever did was ketchup. So, hey, I'm, hey, hey, Randy, I'm coming by. Just just pop it by to say hi and catch up with you and see how you're doing. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, corniness is always better. Just people remember it. So you, you're getting yourself out in front of people. And then I have parties. I like I sit here and say I party my way to the top. We have these client parties like five or six throughout the year. And I have some business networking events that I do throughout the year. And these are the daily disciplines in the business uh, every five days a week that I do or try to do five days a week. But I call it like winning a day, winning a week, winning a month and winning a year. So I focus on winning those four elements or, or, or seasons, if you will. And, uh, and then that, then you win in your business, you're building relationships and you win in business, but there's other disciplines that I do, not just for business, but like I get up five o'clock every morning, I read scripture, I, I meditate, I've journal then, uh, and, and then I, you know, I come in front of this computer and I plan my day. I write my notes, I work out, I have a shake and then I'm out the door by you know eight o'clock and, and I've pretty much won the day except for my phone calls. Cause I'm not calling anybody six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you're not calling me at six in the morning what what what's going on we can we started you want <laughs> yeah well you called me it's probably been maybe a month ago or so and it was probably one of these 16 calls that you make which was fine it was great and it was probably maybe a 10 minute five 10 minute conversation that really spurred us to then me invite you to come on the show right because we have been trying to keep track of of your uh, of who you are what you're becoming but at the same time i know you're very busy as well but that contact with me led to us having this conversation today, which who knows where that's going to lead to in the future. And that's kind of the whole idea is that you're doing some activity now that you don't necessarily see the outcome, but then you stepping into it with faith. I'm, I'm trying to develop a little bit of a theme here through the conversation that trying to see a potential outcome that is bigger than what you can actually see in your 3D world today. That's what it's all about. And you've lived that and you're continuing to live that and you've seen success from that. That's that's what I really want, to hear, want people to hear from that story for sure. Yeah. And your, your theme being faith, right? You, you have an idea and we everybody wants that instant gratification, right? In today's internet world, we want it yesterday, right? <laughs> and it's like, it, I think people don't, people aren't, or people are, I guess, apprehensive or don't understand the idea of planting the seed nurturing it, fertilizing it, taking care of it, cultivating it, and then watching it grow. That's what people, with instant gratification is an obstacle in today's world. It is. It is for sure. So with you doing all those disciplines, it's planted, you've planted the seeds, right? You've sown a lot of seed to the point where then you've began to reap. You shared in your book, the story about trying to grow a garden and how you can plant one seed and it produces this one fruit or vegetable doesn't matter, right? But you open that that fruit or vegetable up and there's more seeds. So not only do you get the, the fruit or the vegetable or whatever you're trying to consume, but then it also gives you more opportunity to continue to plant more seed, which then grows. It's it's like an ever evolving, growing thing, which is super exciting when you really think about it. Yeah, yeah you're talking about the, the, the pepper example I gave. Yes, the pepper. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's funny, you know, because you, you open up, whether it's a, banana pepper, bell pepper, one of those peppers, you open up and there's just hundreds of seeds inside. And it just, it just it amazes me that, that every, like that's abundance at one seed leads to another plant, which leads to another 10, 15, 20, 50 peppers, which has another hundred seeds in it. And you go over and over and over and exponentially, you know, there's like, I just struggle with people going hungry in our world today. I just struggle with that. When you see just a simple example I gave you there, the abundance that's out there, if, if everybody would just participate, right? It's just a matter of participating. So it, it's an abundant world out there. And and then you got me like the garden cake here. I just love my garden. I love it because I use my garden as a metaphor for, for life, for my business. And it's it's great to take take a a, a bucket of dirt or a, a, a raised garden of dirt and you put a little something in it. Next thing you know, you, you got all the stuff in there. And then What's even cooler for me is like as the season goes on, I hope this is this probably not on topic, but it's just you've just brought this to mind here. Um, as the season goes on, right? You got to prune. You got to prune when you prune the 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 the, the dying leaves or the the, the weeds, or you got a branch that's not producing anything. When you when you like, I got a fig tree, and the more you prune it, you give it more energy to the rest of the plant or the tree. So the more junk we prune out of our life, 
right? The more distraction we get out of our life, the more energy we give to the rest of the focus in our lives. And so like, I'm at my, like, I ask my wife, I ask people, I say, when's the best time to start, you know, preparing your garden? And everybody says the spring, the fall, whatever. And I say all the time, all the time, you're always nurturing and cultivating. Like I'm throwing compost stuff in there during the winter. I put, I put, um, uh, with mulch leaves in the, in the like Thanksgiving, every Thanksgiving, there's going a couple bags of mulch leaves in there, and then you just till it and fertilize it. And then, boom, people always ask, How do your plants get so big? I say, Because I nurture my garden, I nurture it. So, that same thought goes into what we we're talking about with your own mind, right? What you're planting the seeds in your own mind with your thoughts, with your beliefs, with your routines, with your disciplines, it kind of goes hand in hand. So, it does, folk, yeah, 100%. So nurture and cultivate the garden of your mind. That's what you're saying. And that's what you're saying. And, 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 <laughs> that's what and, you do. And right? That's what and I love. Faith that some good stuff is going to come from that. So abundance, that's the word. That's another word that you shared a lot in your book. And then I, and I love that, right? There's abundance of everything. And a lot of folks will focus on the scarcity or the lack. It's just a shift. It's just a shift in mindset, shift in beliefs, shifts and shifts in faith, right? To realize that, there's an abundance if you continue to give, if you continue to plant, right? If you continue to show up with energy. I'm talking about from a personal standpoint, but you've obviously talked about that from just from your garden. The same kind of philosophies kind of go hand in hand. Oh, yeah. And I mean, think about it. Like, like I, I, look, I'm one of seven kids, a two bedroom house, didn't have money at all growing up. So I was in the mindset, what I got, I better hold, I better hold on to and keep it and not let everybody have any of that. And that's that scarcity mindset. This is mine. If I give it away, I've lost it. Right. And the more you give away, it's like it's like that that whole thing like this. Like, you know, I'm going to hold on to it, hold on to it, hold, hold on to it. And you squeeze your hands. There's tension. Right. But when you just give it away and you open up your hands, it's like you're at peace. You're, you're like that's abundant thinking, man. Just give it away. And it's like I know people and I'm not there yet. Trust me, I'm a work in progress. But I know people that, that, that have so much coming in, they can't give it all away because they continue to give away and it just keeps coming at them. And, uh, you know, trying to believe in that philosophy. And I struggle with it from time to time. But I'm, I'm like I said, I'm a work in progress and I'm continually working on that. I, I struggle with that one as well, right? So the, the philosophies and the ideas of giving, continuous giving. So, right, people think of money or you can give away anything. You can give somebody a smile and give somebody their, your energy. You can give a lot of things, but a lot of times people will equate that to money. And so sometimes, yeah, I fall in back to those those old habits of trying to, to hoard it, to kind of keep it. But if, yeah, if you just continuously give, I give the example a lot of times, if, if you can get in the habit of even when you're out and you receive great service at a restaurant or something like that, or, or it doesn't matter what it is, just give them some money. It doesn't matter, the, you know, 20%, 5%, 100%, give them, you know what I mean? Just continuously give. Because yes, I've heard those stories and I've met folks as well that they they honestly say that I've got a problem because I keep getting back too much. So Meaning they can't, there's not only enough time or so much time in a day, right? So they can't continuously, they, the more that they give, the more they continue to receive. Let me try to clarify that thought a little bit better, which is exactly right. I've seen that for myself in my own life. Yeah, but I think, and, and you hear this, they say, well, don't expect anything in return. Give without expectations. And then when you hear that, then, then I, or I, I, I'm giving, giving, giving. When's it coming back to me? You know, it, you, you can't think that way. You just got to trust in time. It's going to come your way, maybe when you least expect it. I love that. I, I, I've tried to live that every day. As you said, I'm not a perfect human being, but at the same time, I'm definitely a work in progress and I'm working on that. And I know you are too, Rob. So I appreciate that because you're coming. That's where you're showing up, right? Bringing value here to us and to the listeners and, and to the, to the podcast. So I truly appreciate that. My so speaking of, yeah, speaking of podcasts, let's, let's pivot a little bit into your podcast. Let's talk about chiseled. I love that name. I told you with the first episode I ever heard your, your intro music is creeds higher. That's band creed and the, in the song higher. That's like one of my favorite songs, man. I, I love the band Creed. Uh, those of you out there listening that aren't fans of Creed, you know, sorry about you. I, I love them. I, I've yeah, Scott Stapp and the in the band Creed. Uh, anyways, I I just show you some share with you some photos and videos. I actually went and saw Scott Stapp live locally. He wasn't part of the band, but he sang the Creed songs. It was it blew my mind. I absolutely loved. It. I was probably within. 10, 15 feet of him as he was singing those higher and all that song. Anyways, I'm, I'm kind of way getting way off track here. That's okay. I would love, I would love to get him on that podcast. I would well, love I'll, sh I'll at least show you the photos and videos that I took of that event. This a couple of years ago. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Scott Stapp would be a great interview for sure. But anyways, 
chiseled. That's where I was pivoting to. Let's talk about chiseled. You try to show up and bring as much value. You're interviewing fantastic human beings, trying to add as much value as you can to your listenership. Talk about chiseled and where that came from, where the name came from, uh, kind of what you're trying to do there with your podcast. Yeah, so it, that's, this is a Holy Spirit moment. It's There's no question about it. It's a Holy Spirit moment. And so we say, like, like when you watch a child being born, you're like, well, how can you say there's no God? You know, watch that miracle happen, right? You know, so then, so like I said, I, I do this meditation and contemplation all the time. And I, I get quiet. And I, I listen and watch or whatever for those moments when God's talking to me. And so it was it was March. I'll never forget this, Randy. It was March of 2021. We're in the middle of COVID or maybe the back end, whatever you want to call it. And I was given two presentations back to back on, on Zoom. And so in both those presentations, I made the comment, hey, listen, everybody, I'm not the end all do all here. I'm just a work in progress. And then I, on that Saturday morning, the third day in a row, I was listening to somebody else's blurb on, on Zoom or YouTube. And the, the girl says, hey, well, I'm just a work in progress. So it was like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes after that, I'm sitting in my, my I call it my prayer chair and I'm quiet. I'm getting quiet. And Randy, I kid you not, as, as true as I'm sitting here talking to you right now, I'm sitting there, right? I'm in quiet. And all of a sudden this rush, this energy is just coming up my legs. And, I, and, and the words, work in progress, work in progress, work in progress. They're playing on my head and on my heart. And, I, and I'm like, then I had this vision of like a work in progress, a half chiseled statue. And I'm, I'm thinking, and I've never seen the statue of David in real life, never seen it. And, and I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, I start talking out. I'm like, God, so you're telling me to do a podcast, to call it chiseled because we're all work in progress. And your first thought is like, I don't even know the technology how to do a podcast. (laughs) I thought about it in the past, but I'm like, all right, God, okay, you, I'll do it. I I said, I remember saying this out loud. I stood up right behind this laptop where I'm talking to you from now. I stood up like, God, I get it. I hear you. I'm willing to do it. You just got to bring me the people. I I know the, the content will come, bring me the people and I'll honor that. And and that's how it started, man. And, and knowing, knowing in my heart of hearts that it came from God or the Holy Spirit, I'm like, I'm going to do it until he, until he tells me not to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to continue to, you know, until he tells me what's the next thing. Like, I don't know. I don't know yet. Uh, but there's, there's more coming. So you're not afraid to reach out to some high, what I would consider higher level folks. You shared with me in a story, uh, it was actually on that phone call you gave to me the other day about how you were wanting to get uh, Wahlberg, right? Mark Wahlberg on your show. Yeah, yeah, you weren't, yeah, you weren't yeah. even afraid to reach out to his front office and talk about that. It hasn't that, happened right? yet. It hasn't well, happened. <laughs> but the, the point I want to make with that, though, is that once again, going back to the earlier part of the conversation, is that you're stepping into it with faith, thinking that you're going to be able to you know, have someone at the stature of a Mark Wahlberg on the show. I mean, just the value that, that would bring to your community. There again, planting seeds, planting seeds, planting seeds to then reap a huge harvest at the end of the day. That's super cool. So as far as like having the courage to step into a podcast, I mean, there might be somebody out there right now that's like listening to us, you and me right now. My story is very similar in how I launched the Rich Mind podcast. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have any idea where I was going to find the people. I didn't, you know, all of it, just the same insecurities, just like what you're talking about. How have you been able to then continue to step into it, right? Has it been one person's led to the next, to the next, figuring out the technology? Or is there anything, a nugget of wisdom you can share with how you launched the podcast? Well, the, well, so the, like when I'm sitting there going back and forth, you know, how do I don't want to do this? Like there's so much like information that I want to share, like through my book and, and what Rob knows or what Rob's learned over the 30 years of personal growth and development. And I'm like, okay, do I do a monologue? I'm like, ah, that's going to be boring. Or do I do interviews? And I was like, ah, do I do a monologue one week and an interview the next? And I'm like, let me just go do interviews. Let me go do interviews, do interviews and, um, and see how that turns out. And so like you said, you talked about earlier, how like reading one book like to the next author, to the next author, to the next author, but doing a podcast, talking to one person, somebody else hears it. And they, and they like, I just had this happen a couple months ago. Somebody heard me in somebody else's podcast and said, I'd like to be on your podcast. Well, I'd like to vet them first. I like to, I don't know who I'm talking to if you're a stranger. Um, but it's, and it's not just like a lot of people think, you know, I don't, my story's not good enough or big enough to share on your podcast. Everybody has a story. Every single one of us has a story, and no matter how small we think it is, we don't know how big the impact it can have on others if you're just willing to share it. And so, 
it's interesting, Randy, because I thought when this whole thing came to came to mind, I thought that, hey, Rob's just supposed to be a conduit for God, right? For these messages, for these stories, share people's, whether they're redemptive moments or just inspirational things or whatever, right? It could, there's some, there's, there's some financial stories in here too, or how to be a good steward of money. And, um, the, uh, I was, I guess it was about a year ago. I was in the middle of a podcast, just talking like you and I are right now. And I'm like, boom, uh, I'm like, oh my gosh, this isn't just about me being a conduit for others. This is about me getting better too, getting better for others. And, and I'm telling you every podcast I'm on, I'm, I'm jotting notes and I learned something and I'm like, all right, this is part of me getting chiseled, right? Not only help them share the stories, but getting chiseled in the process. I love that. So that's, I agree with that hundred percent. I haven't, I've probably done maybe 30, maybe 35 episodes or uh, interviews similar to this. Right. And I will agree the wisdom you can gain just from having a conversation. I told you when we hit record, I just want this to be a conversation. Yes. I'm going to pepper you with some questions, but at the same time, it's just a matter of just you and I going back and forth, but the wisdom that you can gain in a relatively short period of time is like, it's mind blowing. So, yeah, I agree with that 100%. That's been my experience as well. And, and what's cool about it too, Randy, is that obviously we have these on, like you, you and I are using StreamYard right now, and you, you save these recordings, you download them, and they're, I guess the word's evergreen. I mean, you can always go back. And I'm like, gosh, like so far I've had 63 live episodes. I mean, they've, they've gone live, and I got like another 10 or 12 in queue. And like, man, I've had 75 conversations with people that, that I knew or didn't know until then that I've learned something from. And I'm like, how precious is that? Right. And so I'm just blessed. I'm blessed and fortunate to be able to do that. Oh, I, and I'm sure your listeners appreciate you doing that, right? Because it does take a little time. It does takes a little effort, but at the same time to prepare, to get ready, right? Because you have to show up with a certain amount of energy and the questions and all that kind of stuff. So it's not like you just hit record and, oh yeah. Hi, Rob, how are you today? And I mean, it's not that at all. It's, it, it takes a little bit of work, but at the same time, putting in that effort, creates a, a result that will impact not only yourself, but then obviously your listenership too. So I appreciate you doing that for sure. Yeah. And you said it earlier, like you just, you got three questions and then you're going to let it roll. And that's having faith too, right? Having faith that it's just going to roll accordingly. And it is a conversation. It's a recorded conversation, right? I love it. Yeah. It, this is, this is the best, you know, I, I'm kind of in a transition with jobs and businesses and, and all that kind of stuff. And so that's where kind of this spurred the Rich Mind podcast came from. And I'm absolutely loving doing this, right? I love it. It's a creative outlet for myself, meaning I'm able to have a conversation with you, but then I'm crafting the question that I've got for you next in the back of my mind. You know, obviously you, when you're listening and watching, you can't see that, but so it's, it's a back and forth, but I'm actually having a conversation with, with myself at the same time, because I know exactly where I want to take you with the next question. It's just a lot of fun. So if anybody's creative out there, I really highly suggest that you just give it a shot. The worst thing you could do is you just record a few things. And if you don't like it, just delete it. It's not it's not the end of the world one way or the other, but you'll just keep getting better. Yeah, yeah. I like the way you said that because it's like you got because you gotta you gotta have the next question, but you gotta pay attention to what's being said. And it's funny because like sometimes I'll just have like a notepad next to me. And you'll be talking and I won't be looking at what I'm writing, but I'll write down the word like abundance, you know, it's scribbled and then you'll finish whatever you're saying. And I, and I come back to it. And, and that's how I don't forget and how I don't have to worry about not focusing on what you're saying. But it's it's like you say, you got to be creative in that sense to come up with the next question. I love it. So, yeah, that's where it's been super fun for me. So I just wanted to have folks that are listening that if, I encourage you if that resonates with you at all as far as a message that you've got in your heart or, or a group of people that you want to connect with, a podcast is just a, a great way to do it. Another great way, and here's a pivot. So here's this here's this voice in the back of my head, right? You ready? Rob, we're going to pivot. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. One thing you're great at, and I love people that can tell stories, that can share with their verbal communication and even their, their, their physical communication, right? The ability to share a story that is really impactful for people. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, you shared a story or shared a, yeah, it was a story. It was a vision back with us back in May that I was hoping you could go into that a little bit. I believe you wrote about it a little bit in the book as well. But can you, you remember that story that you shared about with us? The jailbreak story, jailbreak. right? That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's... where I'm leading you to. I'm trying to lead you to the jailbreak story. Can you go into that a little bit as far as yeah, that story and like just how much fun it... that is? 
Oh, it's great. And, and like, and, and, and kudos to you because like you said, you love doing this because my guess is you feel like you're in your element right now as you're speaking on this thing. Right. Yeah. I feel like I am. And I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Because I, I can, I can totally empathize with everything you're saying here about the feelings, the questions, so on and so forth. So I alluded to a little bit of that jailbreak story earlier when I talked about listening to that voice and um, I was I was in Toastmasters. I got in Toastmasters in 2001. I remember that. Yeah, I remember going to Toastmasters. And for those who aren't familiar with it, Toastmasters is a international public speaking forum where you go to learn to be a better. And I'm going to say communicator. Most people think it's to be a better speaker, but you become a better listener in the process. And you have to be open to that because oh, I got to speak. I got to speak. I got to speak. No, you have to speak and you have to listen. Right. Which is which is very important. So I, I had been at Toastmasters, I don't know, for a year or so. And I was backtrack because you talked about the stories a little bit. I'll backtrack a little bit here. So I got into Toastmasters. I've been reading personal growth and development at this point for about 10 or 11 years. And I, I got into I got in the, the international speaking contest and I got in it and I won our, our, our club thing. And then I went to the next round and I didn't win and I didn't even place. It was like seven of us and I didn't place. And a guy pulls me aside afterwards. He goes, Rob, you do really well speaking. In fact, you're a great speaker, but you're not. You got to tell stories. You're not telling any stories. And I, I was like, a mental note, right? Mental note. So, uh, so I took that. I, I could going forward. I'm going to learn how to tell stories. So I spent, you know, the, the first, I guess, 10, 10, 12 years Toastmasters. I was going like almost every week. I don't go as much now, maybe once or twice a year, but I, that's where I learned to, to, I guess, be a better communicator and learn how to tell stories. So the whole jailbreak thing was I, I was actually I was actually at a memorial service for one of our fellow Toastmasters uh, spouse. And while we were at the service, the this other lady who's been in Toastmasters for a long time, she's one of our mentors in Toastmasters. Her name's Karen Story. Uh, she approaches me and she says, Rob, we have we have a Toastmasters group in prison and we're, we're doing an evaluation contest and we need one speaker. And I've heard a lot of good about you. Would you like to be our speaker? And sure enough, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll put yourself out there. I'll just go ahead and say yes. And interesting enough. So I'm, I'm like about an hour after I said yes, I'm like, what did I just get myself into? I'm going to go to jail and I'm going to talk to prisoners. And I'm like, what am I going to tell them? So I'm like, I don't want to just give any old speech that somebody's going to evaluate. I wanted to give them something to, to live, to leave with, right, to take with them. And so I was at another Toastmasters meeting like the next week. And I swear to you, Randy, I'm sitting at the table and I got a napkin in front of me and I'm just I'm just sitting there and I got a pen in my hand and the word jailbreak just came out on paper. And I'm like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. I'm going to go into prison. I'm going to do a speech on jailbreak. I'm going to fire these guys up, right? And then a lot of times we we hear this voice. We know God's talking to us, and we know it's a great idea. And all of a sudden we say, nah, that ain't happening. I can't do that. I'm not good enough. There's no way that's going to happen, right? So we start to downplay it, right? We downplay it, which is just our natural instinct to do that. and We self-sabotage it. But I remember, and it's, I remember sharing this at our Texas event years back in years previous to that. I was I was in a real estate event. And I met this guy, and we connected. And he called me like six months after that, and he says to me, he "Goes Rob, we're on a call out of nowhere." He goes, "Rob, something told me to call you today, and I just want you to know you'll go to the next level in your life and the next level in your business when you start trusting that voice inside of you." And I, I had to ask him to say it again. I'm like, that's profound, man. You'll go to the next level in your life and your business and you start trusting that voice. And so I, I, I wrote the word jailbreak. I'm fired up. I heard it loud and clear. And then I started you know, doubting it and you know, uh, self-sabotaging and just downplaying it. And I remember what that guy said to me. And I'm like, the voice told me to use jailbreak. Jailbreak it is. And so we went in, we went into Chesa prison and, uh, you know, as a guest, as I said earlier, <laughs> I was just a guest and uh, I wasn't doing any time. Uh, from anything illegal. But anyway, um, and there's 20 guys in there. I don't know if you, you want me to go into the story. It's up to you. You tell me. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned to you before we hit record, if you're on it, man, if you're on a roll, let's roll. So yeah, let's go. So, so you go into, I mean, it's, it's, it's the, it's a pre-release facility in Jessup, Maryland, but Jessup, Maryland has, was known to have one of the worst, you know, there's like five different buildings, pre-release women's, you know, the, the, the security, high security, whatever. So it's five different buildings. And then those would be some pretty tough people there, so to speak. Anyway, so we're going into this 
this uh, Toastmasters group in prison called New Genesis, by the way, New Genesis, New Beginning, right? Because they're going to be getting out within a month to four years out of prison. And so we go, there's 20 guys in there. And so I got the title jailbreak in my head. And as I mentioned to you in Texas too, I always say a little prayer. And this is the first time, first time I ever said this prayer before I spoke. I'm like in a corner. I'm, I'm nervous as all heck because I'm getting ready to talk to 20. Yeah, let's call them thugs. You think they're thugs, right? And I'll get ready to talk to 20 guys. And I'm like, oh God, we got, this has got to work, right? So I say a little prayer. And it goes, Lord, let the words come out the way they need to be spoken. Let them be heard the way they need to be heard. And if this doesn't work out, it's your fault, not mine. <laughs> so, so I say that, right? I say that prayer and I'm laughing inside, right? I'm giggling inside, like turn around. And so the guy has to present me and it's an inmate. He says, our speaker today is Rob Commodore and the title of his speech is Jailbreak. Rob Commodore, Jailbreak. And if you could have looked at these 20 guys, their, their eyebrows are like this and they're like, what's this crazy new dude going to talk about, right? And so uh, I... I, I turn around, look at everybody like it's go time. And I'm like, all right, everybody. I said, I'm planning a jailbreak. And it's a simple question. And I need an easy answer. Are you in or are you out? And I stopped for like 20 seconds. And they're looking at me again. And I'm like, they're thinking this guy's crazy. And I'm like, I'm not talking about breaking down the walls and running for freedom. I'm not talking about climbing the fence and running for freedom. That's not the jailbreak we're talking about. I'm talking about breaking down the walls that you and I and everybody in this room right now has inside our own heads, the walls of fear, hate, jealousy, anger. We're going to break those walls down. So I'm going to ask you one more time. Are you in or are you out? And man, 20 guys got up doing the old our city hall thing. And that was great. So anyway, so it, it, so we, it was great. It was so cool. And so we, I spoke, it was only seven and a half minutes. I did a lot of analogies with Shawshank Redemption and whatnot. I'm trying to keep the story short. So the end of the story is this. So they got to evaluate me. They go into 10 of them, go into this other room to write their notes down, to come back. But when they went in the other room, some guy comes in with a busted lip into the corridor uh, they got a lockdown. They got a lockdown for 45 minutes. I'm like, oh, my gosh, right? So now I'm in a room with 10 guys. We can't go anywhere. I start asking them questions. What did you do? Tell me, you know, if you remember Shawshank Redemption, everybody's innocent, right? <laughs> so, But everybody told me their story. Every single one of them told me their story. And I'm like, you or I could be in there tomorrow with a simple mistake, right? And I got inspired by that, even though it was some you know, negative stuff. So then they, they eventually the lockdown ends, they come back in and they all got to give me their feedback. They're, they're, they're doing their evaluation contest. So the first guy gets up and, and I'm sitting on the side. He's looking right at me on the side, giving me his evaluation. The guy says, guys, when you give you evaluation, look out to the audience. So I, I'm like, I'll make this easy for you. I'll go and sit in the middle of everybody. So it's Rob and 19 guys sitting around <laughs> me and the guy up front. And so this is, I'm like, this is going to be interesting. So the last guy gets up. And he looks out and he says, Mr. Rob, he goes, so kind of you to come out here today. Thank you for the inspiration. Really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for that. He goes, but please don't get mad at me for what I'm about to say. He goes, Mr. Rob, he goes, if I didn't know any better, I would have thought you were one of us. And so the, the other the guys are laughing and they're looking like, which, how's he going to respond to that? And uh, I looked at the guy, man. I said, man, all, all you did right now is you paid me the biggest compliment you could have paid me. I came down here. And I wanted to give you guys a message and a message of hope. And uh, by you saying what you said, you know, you, you, we connected. I just want to connect with you guys. And you just validate the fact that we connected. And I'm so appreciative of that. Appreciative of that. And just so you know, I'll be Bach. Right. And so anyway, we, we finished. That was such a great experience. And you leave there. I'm leaving there. It's, it's the middle of December. It's a cold winter morning on December. I'm leaving there. I look in my rear view mirror and I'm, I'm shaking my head. And there's this razor wire, you know, the top, middle, bottom. And I'm like, something just happened there. The, the, there's no question in my mind that the Holy Spirit was in that room. There's no question. So sorry if I was too long winded on that, but. That's perfect. That's exactly where I was hoping you'd take it. And that's, yeah. So I heard you tell the entire story, but that, that synopsis of it, that little snippet of it, that's exactly, you, you brought it home. And that's exactly what I was hoping you would do. I knew you were, you're a great storyteller and I love people that can do that. And so I just to encourage you here on this recording to continue to do that, Rob, meaning I know you're trying to continue to step out there and speak is in rooms, big rooms, small rooms, doesn't matter. I know that's really a huge uh, thing that really you're trying to take your life to the next level as far as being a writer and a speaker. Can you talk about that at all? I know uh, as far as the desire, right? You had the desire, you've done the training, you've got all the skills. Now you're trying to get into different rooms. So is there anybody, if someone is sitting there saying, okay, this guy, Rob, 
I need to have him start speaking to to my group or to my friends or to whatever. Talk about that as far as how you're trying to impact folks through your through your voices and in your uh, your stories. Yeah, it's thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that too. By the way, yeah. like I think God blesses every one of us with gifts, unique gifts and abilities. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the parable of the talents, but basically he gives us all talents and gifts. And if we can go multiply those gifts or we can bury those gifts. And if we choose to bury the gifts, he's going to give them to somebody else and they're going to they're going to evolve or they're going to have this great success from that gift that we could have used but chose not to out of fear. Right. And so the. I when I started doing the Toastmasters thing and I, and I started feeling really comfortable and I, and I do feel energy when I'm in front of people. And it's not for Randy. I'll just sidetrack real quick. One time I was talking in front of a group of it was about 100 realtors. And I remember when I would get out in front of people it was all about me. It was my ego. I hope I look good. I hope I sound good. Man. I hope I wow these people. And I was in the middle of a presentation. I will never forget. this. like you were talking like you have something coming in the back of your head and you got something coming out in front of your mouth. Right. At the same time. I was in front of these these realtors and in the middle of it, right in the middle of it, I felt this voice in the back of my head saying, this is not about you. This is about them. Make it about them and you will have more success. Make it about them. And I'm like, wow. And I kept talking. It was the same message delivered from a different mindset. And so I really feel energized. I feel my I'm in my element. I feel like I'm supposed to do this. Like God's saying, you need to do this. And I just had, this is one of my other procrastinations, asking for that opportunity to get in front of people to chat, especially when, you know, you, that you charge for it. Right. That's, that's a, that's an insecurity of mine. You know, I'm like, you know, why would anybody want to pay for this when I should just give it away for free. Right. It's so I struggle with that, but I just spoke to, um, like 50 realtors about a week ago, two weeks ago. And I loved it. I loved it. absolutely loved it. And I, I'm talking to realtors about how to build their business. The scarcity mindset would say, why would you do that? And the abundant mindset would say, there's enough out there. Love it. So, Love it. Anyway, I just, I have a deep desire to, to impact and improve the lives of others. And I'll say this last thing about that real quick, Randy, is that we all have this potential buried inside of us, right? That's that gift. That's that unique ability. It's buried inside of us, right? And if we choose to like bring it out, that's where we're living into who we're supposed to be. And I tell people, this is this is what gives me my, I guess, my energy and my like will to persist is that I I don't want, I don't want to die, right? And be living in, I mean, be laying in my coffin and say, you're giving my eulogy. And you said, man, Rob left us way too soon. He had so much potential left inside. If I hear those words, I swear to you, I'm getting up. I'm getting climbing out of my casket. I'm going to go up on that altar and I'm going to strangle that person because I want to be out of gas. I want to be out of gas. I And I want everybody to be out of gas when their life is up. There's always more potential, but I want to be out of gas, meaning give it everything I got every day. And then when I, if I do that, then I ran out of gas. Love it. You speaking of gas, speaking of energy, you've brought it today, brother. And I truly, truly appreciate it. I knew, as I mentioned from the very beginning, I knew that this conversation was going to be a ton of fun. I knew I was going to be able to take you in different directions and you've delivered with the different stories, with the different ideas, with the philosophies, with, with so much, man, this has been nugget after nugget, after nugget, after nugget. This is going to be something that somebody's going to want to replay over and over again. And if folks want to get a hold of, of Rob and, and learn more about how they can possibly have you come in and speak or even learn more about your book, we're going to talk, you know, obviously we've talked about your book better than you think as well. We've talked about your podcast, Chiseled. Where is the best place for people to say, yeah, get Rob on their team, right? Have Rob start speaking more into their life. What's the best place for people to do that? Yes, there's a couple different email addresses. My, my work email address for real estate is rob at talktorob.com. Very easy to remember. All letters, rob at talktorob.com. But my author, speaker, podcast website is more of rob at robcommodoriauthor.com. So then you can see the, how to spell my last name on the screen here uh, in front of you. So that you can find me on uh, LinkedIn. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook. You find me there as well. And and look, if somebody's out there and, and you want me to get in front of your group, whether it's 10 people, 100 people, 1,000 people, uh, I, I want to help. And I'd I love to have that opportunity. So folks, take him up on that because I will tell you from experience, I've been in rooms many times with folks that have the gift or have taken the opportunity as far as honing their craft of telling, telling a story, using words to paint pictures 
is something that not a lot of folks can do. I, I'm not great at it. I'll be the first to admit I'm trying to get better at it, but I've, because I've tried to get better at it, I've been able to recognize folks that do it really well. And Rob is definitely one of those guys. So hit him up. Uh, I'll have all the links in the show notes uh, for this episode. Find him on social, follow him everywhere you possibly can. Grab a, a copy of, of his book, Better Than You Think. Uh, I'll have that link in, in the show notes as well. I assume they can get that on Amazon. Is there a specific link for the for the book itself, Rob? Yeah, it's on Amazon. And, and just so people know real quick, I don't want to take up too much of your time here, but the, the, the book itself, is it's better than you think, right? I'm not telling you that your life is better than you think. I'm telling you to think about all the stories in your life and how they resonate with you. Like, so I, I share a bunch of my own stories, but it's not to say, hey, listen to Rob's story. It's to say, read this story. And where in your life has something similar happened that you didn't recognize what the lesson was in there, what the gift or the blessing was inside of it. And then and sit because there's questions, as, as we talked about before, there's questions in each chapter. And I just want you to think. I just want the reader to think about their own life and come to the conclusion that, that life may be better than you think. I love it. I love it. So, folks, go out there, grab this book, follow Chiseled, follow Rob on the socials, hit him up on his website, try to get him in front of your group. Even if you're just trying to connect with him in a virtual setting like this, uh, I'm telling you, your life is going to be better for it. So, Rob, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been fun for me, too. And I, again, thank you for the opportunity. I'm grateful for you. And then we're going to get you on Chisel here soon. <laughs> I look forward to that opportunity, right? You can try to pull some of those little stories out of me. That would be a lot of fun. I would definitely love that as well. well so it's folks, coming, buddy. It's coming. Yeah, that it'll be. it's going to be great. So folks, I hope you found a ton of value in this episode. I, as I mentioned from the beginning, I knew this conversation was going to be great. Uh, Rob and I haven't been in a relationship for a very long time, but the interactions that he and I have had have been a lot of fun. Uh, he has so much wisdom to share, so many different stories to share those that those nuggets of wisdom within, right? To be able to craft those images in your mind with the way he speaks and the way he writes it's just a lot of fun, and I knew you would find value in this message. So go out there, follow Rob. I would appreciate it as well. If you're enjoying this podcast, uh, if you wouldn't mind taking a few seconds to go out to the platform that you're listening on and share a review, uh, a five-star review, if, if you feel it warranted, I would greatly appreciate that. Share some feedback. I would love to hear what you're thinking about this episode and then the other episodes that I've done as well. I really, truly would appreciate that as well. So go out there. Have a fantastic day. I look forward to bringing you the next guest again very soon. And until then, bye now. Thank you for joining me on the Rich Mind Podcast. I hope you found a ton of value in this episode. If so, I'd really appreciate a five-star review. And you can also share it with your family and friends. And as my mentor, Jim Roden, shared with me, in order to have more, you must first become more. And in order to become more, you must work harder on yourself than you do on your job. So go out there today and work harder on yourself to become more and build the life of your dreams. Until next time, my friends. Thank you.